You're listening to Behind the Red Shield, a podcast produced by the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm your host, Camille Connor. The purpose of this podcast is to go behind the scenes and hear from the people doing the daily work to achieve the Salvation Army's mission, which is to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. In this last episode of season one of the podcast, I talked with Lauren Desardewin about her introduction to the Salvation Army as a child and her journey into missions and youth leadership. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Behind the Red Shield podcast. I'm joined here with Lauren DeZardoin, and you are a Salvation Army mission specialist who works with youth, both at the Purdue Center of Hope, as well as the Croc Church, right? Yeah, sometimes I'll hang out with them. Sometimes you'll hang out with them, yeah. They're all right, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so first, I want to kind of get into your background, of course, because um, the purpose of this podcast is not only to highlight what the Salvation Army does and what we do in Memphis, but also the people behind the Red Shield who make our mission possible. So, of course, your story starts way before Memphis, right? I know that makes her sound old. We're literally the same age. Like, you're, <laughs> we're not old or anything like that. But can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the Salvation Army? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so my mom, she's from Haiti, right? And so we moved from New York, actually, to Vegas back in, like, 2003. And, you know, chilling. Vegas is buck wild, for sure. But the one big memory I have of growing up there, it's just, it's so hot. It feels like the Lord has a magnifying glass on you and you're like an ant. It's so hot. And people only really associate Vegas with, like, Sin City and all that hoopla. But there's so many churches there. Um, I got involved with the Salvation Army because at 11 years old, I actually got arrested and my mom didn't have transportation at the time. Um, so my little brother, because no transportation, he was actually going to the Salvation Army after school program, which is across the street from him. And they provided like tutoring, they provided food and transportation, um, to go home. And so the pastors there, um, their names were Captain Susan and Michael Newt. They were like, hey, we can help go get her. And they came all the way and came, got little old me. And they were like, so it looks like you have a lot of time on your hands after school. Do you want to come hang out with us Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? Oh, no. Monday? Blank. Brain. <laughs> I know the middle of the week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There we go. Um, and I was like, sure. And as a kid, you know, I wasn't like bad, bad. It's just I had a bad habit the person at the convenience store he would like let me take things i would try to pay for them he'd be like no you're good no you're good growing up in salvation army kind of like changed my life in a sense of getting that like small intimate like setting of people caring about me showing me what like the love of jesus looks like for real and i kind of stuck with them because you know i kind of like those people and i got to go to summer camp i got to work at the camp i got to realize what working with kids and working in ministry looked like weirdly enough i thought me getting arrested was like the worst thing ever but me understanding how salvation army how we handle working with children we had this program called safe from harm learning about 
you know, predators learning about like foolishness, how to like properly look out for children and it clicking in my head, that moment needed to happen. I needed to like get that bad taste in my mouth being there. So can you get into a little bit more detail of the moment you're talking about? You said you would go to this convenience store when you were 11 years old. Can you talk about how that whole um, story unfolded and then how that led you to the Salvation Army? Yeah, yeah. Um, So in middle school, I went to a school that was like out of my zone. And so I had to take like a city bus and a school bus. And I was like, cool. Um, a lot of times me and my friends would go, if we're deciding to walk home, would stop at this gas station convenience store and hang out, buy some snacks, do some homework, and then head out. Sometimes I would be there by myself and I would try to do the same and I would try to like buy my snacks. But there was this guy who worked there who was like, oh no, you're good. Free snacks? Uh, you don't have to tell me twice. We don't have to keep having this conversation, you know? I'm getting my snacks. Beautiful. So then I got into the habit of anytime I went there by myself, got my snacks, did my thing, dipped out. It was good. And I got careless with it. And I didn't pay attention that one day he wasn't there. And I just got in that habit, taking my stuff. And the manager comes and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, huh? What's in your bag? Huh? What, what was that? And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to call the police. And at 11, I will say this. My brain was like, yeah. That's, that's fair. I did the crime. I need to do the time. That's fair. But then she said, we also need to call your mom. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. She'll actually put her hands on me. My mother is Caribbean. That punishment, will I survive? We don't know. <laughs> Find out the next episode of Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. Um, and yeah, my mom didn't have transportation to come and get me. And because the church really loved my brother, they were like, yeah, we can go get her. And they built that relationship with me instead of like judgment and condemning me and all that stuff. They were like, Hey, we have a safe place for you. Let's just love on you. And that's been any experience that I've had with the army, regardless of where I've been, um, has been beautiful in that sense. Me going to summer camp, seeing that light, me going to be working at a summer camp with Salvation Army to the point where I had the opportunity to go on like short-term mission trips. I got to go to Moldova. I got to go to Ecuador. And then they asked me to, hey, do you want to like lead a team from the West to go to the Southern Territory? Um, So I had to like pray about that. And I was like, okay. What's crazy is I didn't start doing like mission trips because I was so content in doing like summer camp. I'm like, oh yeah, every summer I'm going to do this. Um, I got new pastors and his name was like Lieutenant Larry and he was like hey summer camp's cool but I see you doing more and I'm like what you what do you mean and he's like I think you should do like mission trips and I'm like I mean maybe okay I like working at camp and that's my comfort zone and he was like bump all of that <laughs> and I was like okay so he talked to like my bosses working at camp he was like hey sign her up I'm like cool get your passport excuse me passport Oh, okay. And, you know, that just transporting me into doing great things and seeing how the Salvation Army works in different countries was just phenomenal. And, wow, I get to be a part of this. I get to share Jesus and share the love and hang out with cool people. I love this. Um, when it came to me going to the South, I was like, okay, big girl job. I have to actually leave these people. Okay. 
so we came over to the south and we went to Atlanta, Memphis, and Hattiesburg. And by the time we got to Memphis, we're helping out with the different programs that they have here in Memphis, with the Pathway of Hope, with the Croc Center, and with the ARC. We got to work alongside with the officers there and just see how ministry goes with them. And at the end of our two weeks in Memphis, we sit down with all the officer pastors here and the area commanders at the times, the Bells, they were speaking great encouragement to me. And in my head, in my head, I promise you, I heard it as encouragement because at that time I felt like my leadership skills were like subpar and I was really struggling. And I was like, oh Lord, you're so great because this encouragement is what I needed so we can finish strong. Cool, I'm never seeing these people ever again because tomorrow we go to Mississippi. Never thinking I'm coming back, right? After our time in the Southern Territory, we go back to West and I get, <laughs> I get like um, a message from the Bells and they're like, hey, BT Dubs, we, we meant offering you a job. There's a job for you here. And I was like, uh, what? I didn't get that at all. I heard something completely different. My brain was not registering that. Wow. Didn't see that coming. And my mom, I'm her daughter. I'm her firstborn. Anytime I tried working at camp, anytime I went on like short-term mission trips across the water, she would always like be hesitant and kind of fight me on the ordeal. And I was nervous to let her know about this job offer because this is me moving, moving. Not, oh, I'll be back and after the summer. This is me moving from my family. And we moved away from our family back before we moved in Vegas. And it was just me and my mom and my brother. So having to tell her that, I was so nervous. That's also why I waited to tell her. But when I sat her down and I was like, hey, mom, so here's this opportunity. And she said, I think that's going to be a great idea. I think that's where you need to go. And I was like, what? Shut up. Where's my mother? Because you're not <laughs> fighting me on this. You're, you're letting me go. Okay, let me pack my bags. Let me leave. We're going to dip out. And this November will make five years of me being in Memphis and getting to not only have the opportunity to be a blessing to others, but being blessed by the ministry that's here. Um, Salvation Army gets to love on people. And, you know, something I've, I've talked to other um, ministers here in our Memphis area command and They've, of course, been to other area commands before, but each location that the Salvation Army is in, you know, there's some services that are kind of across the board, but, you know, the people who minister to this community minister to this community. What would you say is different about Memphis, something you've learned about Memphis in the last five years that impacts the work that you do? I think in the South, um, I don't think I understood this fully growing up because my mom like pulled us out from our family to move to Vegas. But when they say it takes a village, you're not in this alone. Um, for the community center that we have at Croc, for the ARC that we have over there on Kirby Witten, and for our Pathway of Hope here, it's a ministry regardless of what your position is and being able to impact people's lives. It definitely takes a village. You are 
whether you're in the ministry team, like the church part, or you're in social services, or you're a croc associate, the people who get to come through our doors will impact you one way or another. And I don't think it's hit me this hard being back in Vegas. Yeah. Is there anything, you know, from your background and your experience growing up as a kid involved in the Salvation Army that, you know, has stuck with you and impacted the way you relate to administer to the children here in Memphis? Oh, regardless of your past, you can still do great things, um, unimaginable things. I didn't think I was going to, like, travel the world. I didn't think I was going to, like, move around, see these great, like, cities, states, and all that hoopla. Um, I'm just a little kid in Vegas who got in trouble with the law, and people took a chance on me. Like, Salvation Army is full of taking the youth and being like, no, you can do greatness regardless of where you come from. Yeah. And also, let's circle back to something you said is your favorite thing, camp. Right? Yes. Yes. And um, so I've only been here since, you know, March. So this was kind of my first summer seeing the kids like go off to camp and come back to camp. Can you tell us about, you know, some past experience you remember or any stories from this summer that you feel, you know, brightened your summer or was a good experience for these kids? Oh, man. Camp Paradise Valley. Lovely camp. Beautiful camp. My goodness. But the one story about that kid that we talked about earlier, he he's he's 16 and he has a job and he um, has gone through our program here. And so he's kind of like one of those kids who had to grow up too soon um, just to help take care of his family. Right. So initially when I was like, hey, you want to go to camp? He's like, I'm working. <laughs> I got bills to pay or, you know, just helping my family and all that stuff. Um, and somehow we talked him into like going to camp. Um, he was able to, like, talk to his bosses, and they're like, oh, yeah, do kid things. And I'm like, yes, let him be a kid. I love this. He goes, and he always wears his hoodie. You don't see this kid without his hoodie. It is hot up at camp. I don't know how these kids do it. I was sweating looking at him. Um, and he, by the first day, he was like, no, no. To the end of the week, we have our, like, award ceremony. He wins, like, the Bible award. He is so heartbroken that we have to leave camp. He's like, I didn't know I was going to love this place so much. And, ah, that, like, broke my heart. Because to have those kind of experiences, especially being in cities like Memphis, getting out of the city and just being a kid. You're not the adult. You're not the one who has to be responsible for your younger siblings. You just get to be loved on, learn about Jesus, be in a safe place to experience the outdoors. He jumped off the boat. He was able to jump into beautiful lake there Uh at Paradise Valley. Wonderful, huge lake in Dale Hollow. And he was able to experience things he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have had that opportunity here. And for him to release that and fully immerse himself into it, that was great. And as uh, someone who ministers to youth, you get to see, like, that front row seat of that transformation. And you get to see the downs and the ups, like, the whole process. And just this week, actually, you were telling me about how you have to be present 
when some of these kids were going through a, a crisis recently. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about, if, if you feel comfortable talking about some of the crisis they've been through and how you've had to be present and why it's so important to be present in those moments outside of these walls at the Purdue Center or outside of the walls at the Croc? Mm-hmm. Ministry is not just, I'm um, clocking in, clocking out. Um, when you get that phone call and because of the relationships you've built with these kids here, you're family regardless. Um, the kids, they recently lost their mother and our immediate reaction was the kids, oh goodness, this is a crazy thing that's going on. How can we stand in the gap for them? How can we like, just, we're just going to be present. We're just going to be present. I don't know what what you need in this time, but I'm showing up for you because, you know, someone showed up for me back in the day. Yeah, it makes a difference Mm -hmm. and it it, it provides consistency Mm -hmm. and like just knowing there's someone that you can depend on. Um, And I also just, you know, want to ask, this is something that I ask people everyone that's you know been on this podcast who I've gotten to interview um what is something you feel is important for people to know about what the Salvation Army provides that you feel they may not know about or understand so I think from the get-go with the Salvation Army um started by William and Catherine Booth back in like 1865 um giving opportunities to those who've been outcasted, who've been set aside, who who need that second chance, even though they don't feel like they deserve it. I think it's beautiful to see how the Army has moments of giving those second chance, the glimmer of hope. Yeah, a glimmer of hope. Well, thank you so much, Lolo, (laughs) for sitting down and talking with me and basically having a conversation that we would have in the hallway anyway. Oh, for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us and thank you all for listening. That wraps up this week's episode of Behind the Red Shield. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South, you can head to our website at SalvationArmyMemphis.org. There, you'll also find ways to get involved. We have several volunteer opportunities this holiday season, and you can sign up to be an Angel Tree volunteer or a bell ringer for our Red Kettle campaign. All the info is on our volunteer page. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Salvation Army Memphis. Thanks for listening.